Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 6. Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 6. Thank you, choir. If you would follow along with me, please. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone, listen to those words, guys, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today, to to lift your name in praise and in song, and to know, Father, that, that what we do here today is not falling on deaf ears, that you hear our praise. And Father, as we reach out to you, we ask that you would just continue to, to touch our hearts as only you can. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please uh, leave your Bibles open. You know, one of the things that, um, that we put up with, and, and, you know, you would think that it would be something that only happens to, um, to children, but this is, this is not the case. This, this not only happens to children, but it also happens to adults also. And that is, is that we deal, as adults, with peer pressure. It is something that, that goes on around us um, all, all the time. And, and, and there are times in our lives, and, and I'll bet you there's, there's not one of you that haven't had to go through this, is that because of peer pressure, there's a lot of times when we have to make a decision. Now, you have to make a decision, just like I would have to, that, that is, is what we're doing, is it right or, or is, it, is it wrong? Um, there is. There's a right and wrong decision to just about everything that we do. That's, that's why we always talk about people who come to church. Um, we act one way in church, and then we get out in, into public, or we go, go to work on Monday morning, and wow, you talk about a difference. There's a difference. And there was a decision that had to be made, whether you're going to act like you acted on Sunday morning or if you act like you act like on, on, on Monday morning. It was a decision that had to be made. Which decision did you make? There was a right decision. There was a wrong decision. I know when I was growing up, my mom and dad um, taught me right from wrong. Um, as, as you continue on in life, you have 
to kind of take that on in your, by yourself. What is right? What is wrong? I know that when mom and dad taught me about right and wrong, I know when I got out with my, with my buds, um, there was a lot of times that, that um, I went wrong. <laughs> you know, um, I, had a, I had a choice to be made, but I knew that they weren't right there uh, uh, watching me, so I'm pretty much going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what my friends do. Um, and, you know, I'm probably not the only one here um, uh, that did stupid things. You know, I, could, I guess I could raise my hand on that. Um, you know, yes, I, when I was younger, and yes, when I was an adult, and yes, probably yesterday, I did stupid things, you know. And, I, and I'm, okay, golly, I was waiting for somebody else. I was waiting for somebody to raise their hand out there. I'll tell you what, it really is rough standing alone on this type of thing, but... But, you know, um, we do that. We have decisions to make. And many, you know what? Many times it's a lot easier just to go along with a crowd. It is. Oh, boy. And you know that. And that's why a lot of times we do things that, that um, maybe we're not so proud of. But, you know, we, we went along. We go along with the crowd. Um, I, I don't... I never heard this said... Um, my mom and dad never said this, but my wife said this. And this is what we always told our kids. I always love the look I get when I bring her into something. But, it, but it's this thing of, of um, and we told our kids this, we understand sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Um, uh, and, and there's a lot of truth in that. It's a, it's a whole lot easier to explain yourself by saying, well, I'm just, I'm sorry. You know, but... But one day, one day, and, and this is something that, that, you know, we all had to go through. It would have been a good thing for, for the kids to hear, but, and, but it was this, is that sooner or later you grow up. And when you grow up, the stupid things that you've done get looked at in a different way. And the things that you do, you should know better than to do. And, and there is a different perception on the decisions that you make. And that perception of, of the mistakes that you make in, in your adult life are, are this. It's stupid. <laughs> you make a mistake and, and all of a sudden it's, there's no innocence. There's, the innocence is gone. And then the mistake that you made, you should have known better um, than to make. You appear, you appear as a fool if you make the mistakes that you could make as a child, but as an adult, you, you, it, it appears that, that you are a fool. Um, if, if you go over to 1 Corinthians 13, 13.11. Oops, sorry. Is it? There it is. I don't have to dig it out. You know, and, and you should remember this. This is actually in, in 1 Corinthians 13 is a love chapter, um, which we read at... at at, uh, at weddings a lot of times. But, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 goes a lot deeper than, than weddings. Call it a love chapter, but boy, it goes deeper than that. And, and it says that. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I became an adult, 
I put away those childish things. There were things that, that you heard as a child that you could be fooled by, but as an adult, as an adult, there becomes a responsibility. And you know, really, guys, that's what this is, this is what this is all about. You lose your innocence, and, and you lose your excuses, and then rep- responsibility sets in. You see, as Christians, as Christians, we have a responsibility to follow the truth. You know, did you ever get a spanking? And mom or dad, <laughs> boy, everybody's hands going up now. Did, and, did you, and did you ever hear this one? It's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> That's not true. No, but it is true. It is true. It does grieve you when, when, uh, when you spank a child. Sometimes. Um, you know, no, but it's, it is, there's, there's truth in that. Um, we have responsibilities. And the, and the responsibility, sometimes the responsibility of getting the truth hurts. It hurts. And I'm talking about Scripture, folks. Sometimes you read Scripture and, and you know, you look at it and you want to just put it down because it hurts. There's responsibility there. You see, sometimes the truth, don't play in the road. Um, and if you play in the road, you get your bottom warmed but you know something? It was for your own good, and maybe next time you won't play in the road. But it hurt. Daddy, it hurt. Yeah, well, maybe next time you won't do that. I would much rather give you a spanking now than, than pick your crumpled body up from the middle of the road after you got run over by a car. But, Daddy, it hurts. See, you can look at Scripture and you can, and you can read it and you cannot agree with it and you can say, but, but you can go, but Daddy, it hurts. It hurts. I know. But it's true. You see? Truth hurts. But it's your responsibility. The truth, part of this, is your responsibility. And you see, guys, in, in the times that we live in, um, you have information overload. And, and sometimes in our, in, in our innocence, we, we look at something and, and we believe it because we see it on TV that it's, that it's true. You, you turn on a, 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 um, what is it? a, a CTV, a, a Christian television network, CTN, because <laughs> that's what it would be. But you, but you turn that on and, and you watch... Uh, uh, someone on, on television that you might be, you know, watching every day, every week, or, or whatever, and they're preaching a message to you, and, and you, know, you know, listen, all I want to tell you is that maybe what they're telling you is garbage. Did you ever think about that? It doesn't follow Scripture. It's, it's, it's telling you that maybe you're okay, and I'm okay, and, and, and here's one that always grabs people. Listen, when we take six offerings today, will you understand that maybe that wasn't needed? I'm not talking about doing away from offerings here. Now, don't get me wrong on that. But I'm not going to teach you uh, um, lessons on prosperity. The more you give here, uh, the more God's going to bless you. 
Do you want to be rich? It's not the blessings that, that God is going to withhold from you, but he's not going to, because of the offerings that you give to the church, he's not going to make you rich. He's not. You see, it's a lie. And I want you to understand something about what you hear on, on, on TV. And, and there is there's some good messages there, but it's up to you to know the difference. You see, it's up to you to be in the scriptures to, to hear that. And, and here's what I want you to understand. The Christian television network is selling time. They're not selling quality of message. Okay? So then what you're hearing very well could be, per se, perverting the gospel. Because that's what this is really all, all about. But the thing is, is that it's your responsibility, yours, to know the difference. And there, there is that doggone word again. Your responsibility. It's yours. There's not somebody there to, to hold your hand constantly to tell you whether something is right or wrong. Mom and Dad could teach me right and wrong, but you know, when I got out on my own, there was a time when it finally became my responsibility to know the difference. Could Mom or Dad have followed along behind me and said, that's right, that's wrong? And Well, they could have, but I wouldn't have had any friends. <laughs> you know, everywhere you go, your Mom and Dad are standing behind you. You know, well, but you see, folks, it's your responsibility to know the difference between right and wrong. You see, that's what Paul is talking about here in his letter to the Galatians. He's saying, uh, he's saying to the Galatians is, is, well, what he's starting out with the Galatians here and what he's talking to them is that he's taking a different tone with them than he does with all his other epistles. Um, usually when, when Paul starts a letter to uh, an area, like the, like the churches in Galatia, or he's talking to a, a separate people, a separate church, but he always starts out with some accommodations and, and saying, you're doing a great job here, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and, and, and I, I praise you for doing that. God is leading you in that. You're doing a great job. But listen, here's something I want you to know, and that's why the letter is written. He didn't do that with the churches of Galatia. He didn't do it. He started out um, by giving, them, giving it to them, by bawling them out. He, he uh, left the, the, accom- the, the, the accommodations off to the side, and, and he, he started out by reading them the riot act right off the bat. Now, if you look back at, at verse 6, where he says this, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you to the grace of Christ, to a different gospel. <clears throat> I'm, I marvel. I marvel. Listen, guys, what, what, he's, what he's really saying is, you guys amaze me, and it's not in a good sense, but I am absolutely amazed that you guys would honestly, after you've heard the message of grace, would, would turn around and, and, and walk away from it and turn around and, and start listening to a, a different gospel. Um, how quickly you've done that. How quickly you've, you've changed your mind or, or where you have been. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, Which is not another 
But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Pervert. Change. Listen, um, just, just to let you know, uh, we're studying Galatians in, in Bible study, and, and if you want to go a little bit deeper into this, you need to come. But perverting the gospel, I want you to get this. If you were Satan and you wanted to, to mess people up, if you wanted to keep those believers who may be believing, if you want to confuse them, or if you want to confuse them so bad that, that those who aren't Christians don't want to have what these people are having, then, then what would you do? Would you, would you throw a, a, a completely different gospel at them? Um, you, you wouldn't do that. Actually, um, here, here's, here's an example of this. Satan was meeting with a couple of his, his uh, uh, demons and he says, I really want to mess these Christians up. I want them to stop evangelizing. I want, I want them to, to um, um, just start coming apart at the seams. So what can we do to do that? And the first demon says, well, I'll tell you what. What we'll do is we'll tell them that there's no heaven. And, and Satan says, now, wait a minute here. Um, you know, if they open their Bibles, they're going to see that there's a heaven. And the other one says, well, wait a minute. Let's tell them that there's no hell. And he says, Open the Bibles again, guys. Come on. You're going to see that, there's no, there's, that, that the Bible talks that there is a hell, a literal hell. He says, wait a minute. I got it. Here's what I'll do. I'll tell them that there's no rush. There's no rush. So actually what he's doing is telling them, I'm not going to really change the gospel, but I'm going to pervert it. I'm going to throw a little bit of, of leaven into the unleavened. Or I'm, going to ruin the, I'm going to ruin the lump here. I'm going to throw it in. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it just, just a little bit. And, and there were those that came in after Paul had come in and had changed, and they changed the gospel that Paul was talking to them about. He didn't, you see, if you were Satan and you wanted to change things, all you'd do is you'd change a little bit. And you'd take the dependence... That, that they had off of Christ and put it on yourself. Doesn't sound like much. But you know something? It changes how, what, who Christians are. And it changes their faith. If what they depend on is not on Christ, but on themselves. You see, who Paul was referring to that was doing the perverting uh, who was perverting the gospel were Jewish Christians. You know, when the church started, most of the Christians were Jewish. And, and, and many of them had never heard of, of a gospel of grace. What do we talk about when we're talking about a gospel of grace? Do you remember what, what Paul said to the Philippian jailer who came before him and said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. There's nothing that you have to do. There's no physical act. You don't have to be, you don't have to, guys, that's why we don't have an altar sitting up here that you're going to bring a lamb in here and, and we're going to slaughter it for you on, on Sunday mornings for the forgiveness of sin. No. You're saved by God's grace through your faith in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. That is called the gospel of grace. And there were those Jewish Christians 
Whether they were Christians or not, actually they weren't good Christians. Because they were brought up in a Jewish faith and they wanted to keep all of their traditions and, and, and all the things that they were doing, they wanted, to, they wanted to keep those things. And so they believed it. Was Jesus the Messiah? Yeah, he was the Messiah. We'll throw him right in the middle of this. And they figured if you were going to be saved, and what they told the people of Galatia was this. Paul came in and he told you about, about Jesus. Well, that's good. That's good. But listen, did he mention to you about keeping the Mosaic law? Did he, did he tell you about that? No, he didn't tell you about that. Well, he should have. Did he tell you about the dietary laws that you've got to keep or else you're not saved? No? Well, you need to. And, and, you know, were you circumcised? You know something? You needed to be circumcised. Listen, Paul did a good job, but he didn't go all the way with you. These are all the things that you have to do if you're going to be saved. Because if he didn't tell you that, guys, you're not saved. And they started to believe this. And that's why Paul came to him and he said, well, I told you how this works. It doesn't get any simpler than this. And yet, you want to add things to it. And when you add things to it, guess what? Your dependence goes on, wait a minute, if, if I'm saved, if Christ saved me, but I still have to be circumcised, wait a minute, I've got I to gotta eat the right things, wait a minute, I've got to be baptized, wait a minute, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, or else I'm not saved. Did you ever hear of the of the finished work on the cross that Jesus Christ did. Do you know why they call it the finished work? It's because you don't have to do all those things anymore. You don't have to. What Jesus Christ did on the cross for you was enough. And all you have to do is to believe that that what he did, he did for you. You see... Paul didn't forget to mention all the things that man had to do to fill in where Christ forgot because there is no such thing. Christ did the finished work on the cross. You see, you need to understand what God's grace is all about. And you're not saved because, like a lot of people will tell you today, you're not saved because you follow the Ten Commandments. You're not. The Ten Commandments were not given to us to, to, for us to, to be righteous before God. That's not why the Ten Commandments were given. They were given us to show us our need for a Savior. Because you can't follow the Ten Commandments. You're not that good. And neither am I. Try and follow them. You can't do it. But the reason for them is, is that they will show you your need for a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Him alone. Alone. Listen. Open your Bibles to, to Isaiah 64, 6. Isaiah 64, 6. Where it says this. Where it says this. But we are all like an unclean thing. And, and our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind. Guys, 
the good things that you do in your life, the good stuff that you do in your life, are nothing more than filthy rags before God. Now, what's that telling you? That's telling you that you can't, you can't follow the Ten Commandments and expect that to get you into heaven. You can't feed the hungry and get into heaven. You can't clothe the naked and get into heaven. It doesn't get you there. And in fact, as God looks at your heart, he says what you're doing is nothing more than filthy rags to me. You see, don't think for a moment, and this is a common misconception of what people, what people think t- today, is that if I'm nice, and if I'm nice, then I can go to heaven. <sighs> Folks, there's going to be a lot of nice people in hell. hate to tell you. And you know what? They're going to be standing right next to the ones that have been trying to follow the Ten Commandments all their lives. It's going to be a big section. Folks, you don't have to be an, an Adolf Hitler to get into hell. All you have to be is depending on yourself for your salvation. And there's no difference between the two. Listen to that. Let me ask you this question. If, if you died tonight, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven? Would you? Yes. Why? That's why. Guys, if you're sitting there and you're thinking that if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven because I'm a good person. I hate to tell you this, but you're not. And you'll never see the glory of heaven. Because the Lord sent his son. He he sent his son to this earth to walk amongst us, to teach us. But the real purpose that Jesus Christ came to this earth was to die for sinners. He became that sacrifice that ended all other sacrifices. And and we could that when he did that, we could take all that we are as his children and depend wholly, completely, totally on him and take that off of ourselves. Folks, I can't nice my way into heaven. I can't help people into heaven. You see, what it, what it really is is that it's a decision that you have to make. A decision to follow Jesus. A decision to accept him as your Lord and Savior. No works. No works. But a decision to follow Jesus. You see, it's a decision too that only you can make. I can't make that decision for you. Your parents couldn't make the decision for you. Your husband, your wife, whatever the case may be. Nobody but nobody can make that decision for you. You have to make the decision to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. Simple, straight, and true. Regardless of what you hear on TV, regardless of what you might hear someplace else, it's all through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being our God. I thank you for Jesus. For Jesus.
who came and, and became that, that sacrifice for each and every one of us. Father, I thank you for your grace and our faith in Jesus Christ that opens the doors to heaven for each and every one of us. Father, let, let all of, of the lies, let all of the misconceptions be put aside. Let, let the door be opened to our minds to, for us to know what, what is, this takes to be able to, to come to you as, as Lord. Father, open our hearts. Father, if there's anyone here who, who is confused, if there's anyone here who's, who, when I asked, how are you going to get into heaven? That they said, because I'll get into heaven because I'm nice. I've always been a good person. Father, touch their hearts today. Touch their hearts today. To know that all we are is yours. And that we come to you through, through our faith in what Jesus has done for us. Father, let us not be dragged down any other road. But let us walk that narrow road with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.